0: guys hi guys, Sarah here and thank god we got to hear this incredible beautiful story about Purim and the beauty behind the scenes of how many miracles happen and now Michelle is here and she wants to share with us some beautiful insights from behind the scenes of the story we got to hear the story but behind the scenes there's so much depth and so much beauty and so much to know about so Michelle's here to share that with us thank you Hi, guys. Uh, I hope you're all doing well and you're enjoying uh, the Purim story. And uh, we're all looking forward to, to Purim coming and uh, some joy in our lives. Um, you know, it's a very interesting thing. We always call this uh, Megillah the Megillah of Esther. But actually, uh, some of the rabbis actually tell us that her name wasn't Esther at all, that her name was Hadassah. Okay, you might have heard some people call, called Hadassah before. But her name was Hadassah and yet we refer to it as Esther so the question is who is this Esther that we're talking about? Why, why is that the thing that everybody knows her by? So actually the word uh, Esther in Hebrew is connected to the Hebrew word Hester which means hidden okay and it's a very interesting thing because we know that part of Esther's life is that she went into the palace and she had to hide her identity she had to hide the fact that she was a Jew And then in the right time, she revealed that information. So Esther is sort of the nickname for what she was capable of, what her greatest strength was, um, the ability to keep things private, the ability to reveal them in the right time and so on. Um, But here's a really interesting idea. If you look at the actual story of Megillat Esther in the text itself, you'll see something fascinating. Unlike every other book of Torah, In the 24 books that we have there is literally no name of the word God throughout this throughout the Sefer throughout the book we don't mention God at all doesn't that seem strange for a book of the Bible right? from the book of the Tanakh (laughs) excuse me so we say just as Esther was hidden okay in the palace and she was hiding her identity in the same way Hashem is hidden inside the book of Esther and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that, you know, it is a book that was, that was uh, brought down and included in the, in the Bible as we know it today, in the, what we call the Tanakh, um, during a time of exile. And you see, when we're not in exile, when we're in a time where we're uh, connected and everything is bright and pure and there's prophecy and there's light and everybody knows what they're doing and what's happening so easy to get along because we know what we should be doing and what's going on, okay? But in exile and in times of darkness, as we all know, just from this last year in particular, there's so much confusion. We don't know what's going on. We don't know which way is up or down, um, okay? But, but Hashem still exists in those moments. He just exists in a way that you kind of have to be a little bit of a detective in order to find Him. And what the Purim story comes to tell us is... Hashem tells us, I was right here the whole time, if you just choose to look, okay? And I'll give you one example. The rabbis tell us that every time you read the story and it says, King Achashverosh, it's referring to the physical King Achashverosh. But every time you see the word King by itself in the text, that it's a reference to the King of Kings, it's a reference to Hashem. Because even though it looks like human beings were in charge in this story, really Hashem was behind the scenes managing everything. So, for example, it says that out of all the women after Vashti died, uh, Esther was chosen as the one to be future king because she was going to help move the story forward. Okay, Without her, we couldn't have got to where we got to. And it says the king chose her out of all the queens of the land. Not the king of Hashverosh, but the king, Hashem was the one that put her in the palace, and because he put her in the palace, all the other um, factors were able to come about slowly, slowly. Okay. And another example: uh, it says that it happened to be that Mordechai overheard the plot to kill, to kill king of and the king allowed him to hear that plot. The king meaning Hashem. Hashem put him right there to overhear the plot so that he could go and inform on them to the king that the king would see him as a favorable person and then later on he would be able to have influence. And we know as one final example that right towards the end of the story, Esther has to come before the king and she's so afraid to come, as I'm sure Chai Sarah told you, and they fasted all the people together and they prayed that it should be okay. And she doesn't know what's going to be. And she comes and the king, not King Achashverosh, but the king puts out his scepter and says, Whatever you want, Esther, even if it's half of my kingdom, just ask and I will give you. And what we understand from that is that it's a reference to connection to Hashem. It's a reference to prayer. And these are just three examples of, of, a, of a, sefer that, a book that you can go in and learn for months and months and months. And you see incredible levels of depth beyond what's, what our eyes can see. Okay, so remember when you think about the Purim story, just like a detective, we look with a magnifying glass and we see Hashem peeking out through the cracks. We see God right there with us, like he is with us in our lives, you know, and, and if we just choose to look, everything will become clear to us. I wish you a are now.